The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, y'all. We're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. Hi there. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we sift through the artifacts of history seven days a week. The day was March 21st, 1963. After nearly 30 years of operation, the infamous Alcatraz prison closed. On its tiny rocky island in San Francisco Bay, Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary was notorious for its rough conditions, the big-name criminals it held, and the inability to escape it. Before Alcatraz Island became a federal prison in 1934, it was home to a military prison. President Millard Fillmore signed an order that the island be set aside for military use in 1850, and soon after, a fortress was built on the island. During the Civil War, Confederate sympathizers, privateers, and people accused of treason were imprisoned in Fort Alcatraz. The prison also held Native Americans who had resisted the government, and later, conscientious objectors. In 1909, inmates built a new cell house, hospital, mess hall, and other buildings on the island, creating a new prison complex that was completed in 1912. Alcatraz Island, with its strong, cold currents, was the perfect place for a prison because nobody could attempt escape and succeed or make it out alive. So, in 1933, the Army handed Alcatraz over to the U.S. Justice Department, which needed somewhere to put criminals deemed especially dangerous. 
San Francisco citizens weren't thrilled about having a federal prison so close to the city, though. But the Justice Department ensured people that the island was secure. And after construction to increase the security of the facility, Alcatraz opened in July 1934. There were usually about 250 prisoners in Alcatraz. Each prisoner had a separate cell, about 9 by 5 feet and 7 feet high. And there was about one guard to every three prisoners. James A. Johnston, the first warden at the prison who was there until 1948, was strict and ruthless. Radios and newspapers were off-limits, and most of the time, there was silence. In the early years, when prisoners could only talk with each other during meals and recreational time, they would even dump the water out of their toilets to be able to speak to each other through the piping. Executions were not performed at Alcatraz, but a little over a couple dozen people did die. Some were murdered, some committed suicide, and some died from illnesses. At any time, a few hundred civilians lived on the island. Families of the guards that lived on the island had a convenience store, soda shop, and bowling alley, but a boat did run to the mainland several times a day. Prisoners at Alcatraz were mostly inmates from other institutions who were violent or prone to escaping and needed to be transferred to a maximum security prison. But when you think of Alcatraz, you probably think of the well-known criminals who did time in the prison. Gangster Al Capone was locked up in Alcatraz from 1934 to 1939 after he continued to run his criminal operations while incarcerated in Atlanta. Prohibition-era gangster George Machine Gun Kelly spent 17 years in Alcatraz. Crime boss James Whitey Bulger was in Alcatraz for three years. And plenty of people also attempted to escape from the prison, and some got farther than others. In 1945, John Giles worked at the loading dock, and he stole an Army uniform and walked onto an Army launch that he thought was headed for San Francisco. But his destination was Angel Island, and he was caught when he got there. None of the 14 attempts were successful, though five people are considered missing and drowned. The Rock, as Alcatraz was known, closed on Thursday, March 21, 1963. Alcatraz closed mainly because it was so expensive to operate, and the facilities were deteriorating to the point where it would be unsafe for people in it. It would take $4 million in five years to repair. So prisoners were sent to a new prison built in Marion, Illinois. Frank Weatherman was the last prisoner to board a boat to leave Alcatraz. A group of Native Americans occupied the island in the late 1960s and early 70s, saying it was their rightful land, until authorities forced them off. Alcatraz is now a tourist destination. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you want to learn more about Alcatraz, I would highly recommend the movie starring Nicolas Cage called The Rock, I'm just kidding. That doesn't have anything to do with Alcatraz's history. But you can still leave us a message at TDIHC Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If there are any upcoming days in history that you'd really like me to cover on the show, give us a shout on social media. Thanks for showing up. We'll meet here again tomorrow.
There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey, y'all, it's Eves again, and welcome to another episode of This Day in History class. I am still at home recording from my closet, so if I sound any different, then that is why. But the history doesn't end, so let's get on with the show. The day was March 21st, 1983. The first wave of cases in the West Bank fainting epidemic began in the town of Araba. The epidemic lasted until early April. In the end, researchers determined that it was likely triggered by psychological factors. On the morning of March 21st, a 17-year-old student at a girls' school in Araba noted feeling throat irritation and difficulty breathing. She also felt dizziness and abdominal pain. Over the next couple of hours, more students in other classes and a teacher began experiencing similar symptoms. Some of the students reported smelling rotten eggs. When public health officials arrived at the school, they figured that toxic gas was the culprit, but none was found. And doctors could not determine the cause of their symptoms. The school was closed, but more people fell ill over the next few days. By March 26th, the illness had spread to the town of Janine in northern West Bank and surrounding villages. Though most of the cases occurred among female students, some also occurred among Israeli Defense Force soldiers. Dozens of people were admitted to the hospital, with residents reporting seeing a car that was emitting a thick cloud of smoke. A third wave of the epidemic occurred on April 3rd, mostly around the city of Hebron in the southern West Bank. 
This wave spread quickly, with most students seeing symptoms within a couple of hours. Students and some soldiers were affected by headaches and blurred vision, in addition to the abdominal pains and dizziness. After these outbreaks, schools were closed and no more people reported being affected by the epidemic. All in all, there were more than 940 people who fell ill during the epidemic. To figure out its cause, researchers took air samples from the sites and analyzed them. They also took soil and dust samples and analyzed suspicious substances found, such as powders. But they did not find any consistent patterns of environmental toxins. Throughout the epidemic, the press reported on all the outbreaks. The media played a role in escalating fear and suspicion surrounding the epidemic. Some people suggested that those affected had been poisoned by some mysterious agent. Rumors circulated among the Arab population regarding the reasons behind the suspected poisonings. An April 4th New York Times article said that, quote, Palestinian leaders have accused Israeli settlers and officials of using chemical warfare in West Bank schools to drive Arabs out of the area or to sterilize Arab girls. It also said that Israeli officials accused radical Palestinians of using gas or chemicals to stir up demonstrations. But in the end, researchers concluded that the cause of the epidemic was psychological, though there may have been low levels of an environmental toxin present initially. They said that the effects of the epidemic were heightened by anxiety and stress. Reports on a toxic gas being the cause also likely contributed to the epidemic's spread. There was no evidence that reports of symptoms during the epidemic were made up. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to leave us a comment, you can do so on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at TDIHCPodcast. And you can also email us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.